Hello, pun intensive fans. This is your host, Aaron Faisal. Quick show note, I want to apologize for our six-week hiatus. It certainly was not intended. Uh, I fell ill. I'm fine. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs> uh, but uh, we should be getting back into the groove of things. I have a long enough queue of uh, pre-recorded shows that uh, we shouldn't have a problem uh, getting back on track real quickly. So... We'll see you next Monday. Blades, booze, and biopics. It's pun intensive. And welcome to Pun Intensive. We have a really special group of people sitting around here today. Uh, let me introduce them to you. We got not a tiny particle, Adam Angle. Uh, change one letter in Angle and you get no relation. Annika Eagle, not a geek, but we still call him Zeke Ben Zeke. My co-producer by the Halleck of the draw, Gary Halleck, and me, Aaron on the side of caution, Aaron Faisal. We're going to start, as usual, with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week, where we ask each of our panelists to share personal anecdotes and experiences in the world of workaday word play. Let's start off with uh, my co-producer and producer emeritus of the O. Henry Museum pun-off, Gary Halleck. Ah, yes, another real-life pun-intensive uh, my wife and I were just about to leave in a big rush the other day, and she had put, put, had put on a pot of coffee, and it does not turn itself off automatically, so I try to remember to turn the, the coffee pot off on the way out, and we were rushing out, and, and, I, and I said, uh, uh, did you remember to turn the coffee off? Do you want me to turn the coffee off? And, and she says, oh, yes. I said, so you are Russian, just like that composer, Prokofiev. <laughs> <laughs> Teacher and comedian from Seattle, also the host of the podcast, Wit Lash, Adam Engel. So I'm a high school teacher doing some chem demos. Specifically this one, I dropped a little ribbon of magnesium into some hydrochloric acid, probably a little more concentrated than my students should ever be using. So drop the magnesium in, the reaction releases hydrogen gas that comes up out of the test tube. My kids are really excited. They're like, what is that gas? I take a lighter, I put it over the test tube, a little pop happens, uh, and I say, well, that's lit. <laughs> uh, and we also got founder of Spokane's punning competition, Punderground, Annika Eagle. So I was at a job interview just a few days ago, and you know, on my resume, I have a number of punning-related items. You know, not like prominently featured, but they're still on my resume. And there were seven people that were interviewing me, and they were like, we're kind of surprised that you haven't snuck any puns into this interview. And I said, well, the stakes are so much higher at an interview, and punning is a rare medium well done. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Excellent. And long-time multiple winner at the O. Henry pun-off. Uh, how many times have you won, Ben? About 27,000, <laughs> something like that. Ben Zeke. Ah, uh, well, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be out here because uh, I get tired of my job sometimes, and uh, I know she's not going to be listening to this, unfortunately, uh, because she's not into that whole pun world, but I have a co-worker named Kim who's not my favorite person in the world to work with, <laughs> to tell you the <laughs> truth, and, uh, and I, I had, had to end up telling people that it's becoming very Kim Possible to do my job. <laughs> nice. And I have an anecdote, too, although... 
it wasn't my pun, it was my nine-year-old's. We were talking about letters in the alphabet that are actual words, like C, C, um, whatever. A is obviously a word. B. B, bzz, B. And then we finally got to H, and I said, no, no, there's no word H. And my nine-year-old Sebastian said, yeah, there is. I ate your taco. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, very pleased with that. We're good. <laughs> we wait to, until he becomes cautious. Uh, are you ready for that? So um, pretty soon you guys are going to learn a lot more about the people around this table. There's, there's, they're very special for a specific reason, but we'll get into that in a little while. First of all, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, our panel will give some historic movie recommendations. Stick around. <laughs> And we're back. I don't know if it's pronounced biopic or biopic, but there are plenty out there, you know, like Lincoln and Malcolm X and Forrest Gump, but there are a lot more than you realize. For example, I don't know if anyone is familiar with uh, Kenneth's Star Wars, the story of the Clinton impeachment, or Attila the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, um, or the great 1980s uh, movie, The Man with the Golden Reagan. I'm sure people are looking for uh, good things to add to their Netflix queue. So let's uh, hear from our panel for recommendations. This is actually a biopic on a biopic. I hope that all of you watch the fantastic movie about the founding of the Marvel Comics empire, Stan and Delieber. <laughs> That's great. I, uh, I, I like the one where the, all the third party candidates are uh, actually eating themselves. It's called Soylent Green Party. <laughs> no deal. The jarring... Uh, and serious high school movie, Easy A Bomb. <laughs> uh, I like the one where um, where the uh, countries go to battle but end up in an institution. World War One flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> the one uh, about the development of the atomic model that was done entirely in rainstorms, Thunder Dalton. John, John Dalton was the creator of modern atomic theory. Oh, well, oh, oh I'm glad we have a scientist <laughs> in the room. <laughs> uh, uh, now, you know, there's a, um, a, a new um, show on HBO, and it's about time travel and nuclear energy called Chernobyl and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> there's one where, um, where 007 tries to protect the secrets of gravity, Golden Isaac Newton. The superhero movie about the person who released a whole bunch of state secrets, Iron Manning. Nice. I saw a biopic the other day about the, the guy that, had the, that was founding uh, Apple computers, you know, and he had a lot of trials and tribulations. It was called Job's. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's biblical. <laughs> That's okay. It was a biblical movie. Okay, <laughs> sure. A, you said biopic. I thought you said Bible pick. <laughs> <laughs> I also got the uh, very abstract science fiction about a person having a pre-marital relationship with someone, Jennifer Flowers for Algernon. Mm. <laughs> or the Cuban talking animals, Babe of Pigs. <laughs> uh, there's that old movie about the guy who something weird happened to his face but somehow became a pilot and then had a body of water named after him. Uh, Wander de Fuca. Wander de Fuca. 
I'm sorry, I'm getting really obscure. I need, I need help on that one. <laughs> so Wonder is the movie about... I know that one. Yeah, and then Wanda Fuca is a, is a body of water. It's named after a pilot. Huh, interesting. But, but at least he's not a physicist, so... Yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about, let's go a little, a little easier. Unfortunately, all of the chemical warfare that happened early in last century led to a lot of disfiguration, World War Wonder. Nice. I, and, uh, there's also one where... Um, an alien came down in uh, the early twenties, uh, uh, say early twenties, to uh, assist Warren G. Harding, E.T. Pot Dome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about that um, cruise ship that's operated by the Church of Scientology, and wondering why the name of the ship was not Tom Cruise. But uh, <laughs> 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 but I was thinking they, should, they could make a, a biopic about it, call it the Cruise Shipple. Cripple, cruise shipple. Gary Potter. I'm sorry, that was a bit of a, a, bit of a measly pun there. Uh, what about the first black American to get into into hair bands? Uh, Barack of Ages. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the marble uh, agent who uh, was on a sinking ship, Titanic Fury. There's that old film, old film, not a, not a recent one, about how cars made it to India, Gone Diesel. There's the one where, um, where Humphrey Bogart and the leader of the Mamas and Papas were in the same thing, Mama Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she, she's dead, so that's historical, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then there's that one about that, that guy who's uh, anthropomorphized plant and they, they retrace his ancestry, you know, they go back and, and discover his groots. I know one similar to that. that it, was a, it was a plant that told people to go west, the little shop of Horace Greeley. <laughs> who? Horace Greeley. Of Horace I don't know that Greeley. one. He's the guy go who said, west, go west, young, young man. man. Oh, son of a gun. I didn't know that. All right. He told, he told that to Henny Youngman. Go west, right. young man. <laughs> and take my wife, please. Am I the only one that gets Henny Youngman and Benny... Uh, uh, Benny uh, Goodman? Jack ben Benny? Benny? Yeah. Well, see, that's what it is. So Jack Henny Youngman, Jack Benny, and, and Henny Benny, Youngman. And Benny Hill. At the punt-off... Uh, just yesterday, I had to go wash my hands, and I went into the bathroom, and I missed 12 different people booing at puns, and I thought, oh, that's like that movie, 12 Jeers as Lave. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter, though. <laughs> there is also that movie that tracks the development of uh, the recording industry over the 20th century, the Glenn Miller Orchestra straight out of Compton. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just different music genres. Huh? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm more of a horror buff, and there's the very fashionable Saw Saw Gabor. Ooh. Oh, nice. Richard Nixon and Spiro Agnew try to find dry land, you know, Watergate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, speaking of horror movies, there's that one about O.J. Simpson. I know what the juice did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> or isn't, isn't there a wartime one about the house on the church hill? Oh, good. Some of mine are really dark, so I'm going to try and avoid any more of them. There's that classic film that came out in the first half of the century about the presidents who are also coming out in the first half of the century, Cat on a Hot Tin Roosevelt. 
There's the apartheid quiotic tale. <laughs> Nelson Mandela Mancha. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's the one about the politically, uh, historical, politically active uh, comic strip that appears every 100 years, Brigadoonsbury. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are going to take a break. But when we come back, well, losers can't be choosers. We'll tell you more about that in a minute. And we are back. I promised earlier I'd tell you why we're all special. Well, uh, everyone in this recording is special, I should say. It is because we are recording this on May 12th. Longtime listeners have heard us say May 11th a million times, but it is now the day after that. It is the day after the O. Henry Museum Punoff World Championships. And we have some of our heavy hitters around the table. Uh, let's just do a real quick sort of rundown. So, Adam, uh, how many Panas have you come to? Uh, this is actually my first one, so I'm the lightweight at the table. How, how did you, how did you manage to come? I mean, like, like, well, did I you mean, just... on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you, did you have you known about so it for a while? You joined the Mile High Club, did you? <laughs> if only. <laughs> um, That's just Colorado. So I've been competing at a Pundemonium, which is Seattle's Pun Slam. I've gotcha. been going for about two and a half years at this point. Actually, I met Gary through the podcast that I started as a result of Pundemonium. So hmm. The first podcast I did was called The Pun is Mightier. We got Gary on to a couple episodes for some interviews while he was out there. Uh, and Annika Eagle, uh, this is your third year coming to the Pun-Off? Fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> No, it's just funny because I remember quite vividly the first time you were there, and uh, and, and we, we hit it off at the Friday night dinner. Right. It just doesn't seem like that long ago. It really doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Time flies when you're having puns. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit. So the, the first year you came, well, first of all, you're from... Spokane, Washington. And the first time you came, did you just watch or did you participate? So, so it was 2016, and I had... I mean, I had I had known nothing about competitive punning until someone suggested, "Oh, have you ever thought about doing that?" And so I looked up, you know, what kind of a world would exist that has competitive punning, and there were two things that came up. And so there was Punderdome in Brooklyn, and then the O. Henry Punoff. And I I started a crowdfunding campaign, and that got me there. I mean, I was second on the wait list, I think, in the lottery mm. for pun slingers in 2016, but I did get in, and you know, I'm, I made it to the second round. I didn't win my, or I, yeah, I didn't win the second round, but. Of Punniest Show? Of Punslingers, so that, just that first year. Um, and then I've been coming ever since. And so 2017, I got third Punniest, or third and Punniest of Show. And then uh, last year, 2018, I won MVP. And also, we um, have Ben Zeke. I tease him because, uh, you know, like, like, it just seems like every year I've ever come to the punt off, you won one or two or seven uh, awards. Everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, th this, this is the first year since I've been involved with the punt off that you didn't even participate as a contestant. You participated as an MC. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell us uh, briefly about your history with uh, the punt off? Well, I, uh, the, fun the funny thing is um, a lot of people know me as a lover of game shows. And it was my love of game shows that brought me to the punt-off. I was in college, and I was going down to our communal room where the TV was to watch Jeopardy one night. And uh, I caught the very end of ABC's World News Tonight. 
And all I saw was these two guys standing in front of a fence and a sign behind that said movie titles. And I saw one guy go, yeah, I got a joke that's a lethal weapon. And the other guy went back, yeah, well, I've got a lethal weapon too. <laughs> and I'm like, I need, I need to be a part of this, whatever this is. Unfortunately, it was the end of the story, so I, couldn't, I didn't know what it was. And then somehow, I think just looking online, there wasn't much on the internet about stuff like this, but eventually mm. I found this, and I tried to get here for years, but the money was never there. And then luckily, at uh, the end of 2008, I was on a game show myself on One Versus 100. I won $4,400. I'm saying, I'm, I'm buying my ticket to go to Austin in 2009. Good. And uh, that was the first thing I wanted to do with that money. For, for the audience that wants to know how much they should be respecting you, what, what, what have you been... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Give us some um, guidance <laughs> on how much respect you deserve. Well, but, but what is your history of the pun-off in general? Like, you've uh, won how many of this, how many of that? I, I've won Punniest of Show two times, and I've won Punslingers five times. And the two years I won Punniest of Show, I also won Punslingers. So I did both in the same year twice. It's amazing. I think Steve Brooks is the other per only other person who ever done that. So Wow. Uh, so, okay, so here's what I really want to talk about. Since it is the day after the pun-off, I wanted each of us to share uh, maybe an anecdote uh, from yesterday. So, for example, how did you feel when you were on stage? Or what was a conversation you had with somebody in one of the other, you know, in, in the hallway or something like that? Something that just, you know, um, honestly, my main thought here is I want people who are listening to this, even though we're not technically part of the O. Henry pun-off, uh, I want people who are listening to this to know how great it truly is. So I, I, I will open it up to the, to the mics to talk about anything that they want to discuss from yesterday. I thought it was, it was pretty fun since, you know, I've, I've only ever experienced it outside as, you know, the bulk of our years have been. But since we were all in this contained space, seeing all the competitors for Punniest out in the halls, talking to the curtains and like doing their routines mm -hmm. and just, you could, you know, there's all this gesticulating and, and it was just such a, we're such a, a unique community that it was just so lovely. You're just walking around. Some are pacing and some, yeah, are, are talking to the curtains and everyone's having a... I, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of my most favorite things too. And I, I'm sure this happens when we're outside, but, but you'd really tell since we happen to be in the hotel that uh, certainly don't want to suggest that the O'Henry Ponoff isn't a big deal to me, but being a local, I think about it a lot. You know, it's easy to get to on Saturday morning, <laughs> that kind of thing. So I kind of take take for granted that the, the majority, I believe, of our contestants this year, uh, especially, were from out of state, outside of Texas. And it was really fun to see in the hallways, like you say, people would find just, just a, a, a little kind of hiding place and were rehearsing so seriously. They're punning of show presentation. Uh, you did that. You, you, I saw yeah. you walking up and down the halls a lot. Yeah. It was beautiful. You know, I, I really appreciated how big a deal this is to it's people. It's been almost 30 years since I was a competitor in Punniest of Show, so I've, I've long since gotten over that nervous energy that mm -hmm. comes with having to prepare and memorize and everything. It's really hard for me because I'm in a totally different place now at the event. I'm hustling and bustling and running around screwing signs up and, and uh, making sure that people have got what they need and everything, and I'm wanting to greet people. I'm, these people I only see once a year. People, mm. people ask me all the time, do you find people like you at the pun-off? I said, no, they don't like me at the pun-off. I'm, I'm an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> but, but the rest of the time, I think they probably would like me. And when I go up and, and try to hug somebody and they're in the middle of their, their own little private hell that they're right. experiencing before the show, 
<laughs> and then everybody's out there partying like like they were at the after party last night, drinking and having fun and playing games and everything. And uh, and I you know I really would crave to get to know Annika and Adam and and Ben in a setting that's not quite so pun intensive. A lot of times after they've done their performance, then they've turned into a whole different person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. totally true. I, I was actually about to say that. I kind of remembered it because one like weird thing that happened while I was sitting on the side waiting for round two. And then I looked on the left and the right side of the board and the winners of all the competitions, it was one, three, five, seven, nine, eleven, and then I was fourteen and oh. then fifteen. So I was so I was the only even winner on the left side, which I thought was kind of odd. Yeah, you, were, you were the even man out. Yeah. Just strange. Also, actually, that's my mi my middle name is spelled even, so it's even weirder. Is that true? It is. Oh, it's, that's funny. It's pronounced Evan, but it's spelled even. So, so uh, how did you do in the punslingers competition? Uh, well, I mean, I was I basically had a heart attack after round one. Uh, like, I'm not kidding. I was having I, I was running on. One hard-boiled egg, one zucchini muffin, and <laughs> about uh, two or three or f five cups of coffee. That was it. <laughs> As uh, Punny of, sh of Show was going on, like I saw, I got my number, and I was number 14. So I was just looking to see um, who was in Punniest of Show and what the numbers were on the red tags. And as soon as Toby goes up and I see number 13, my heart drops. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting through round one. And, and, and Toby is one of the, help me pronounce it, Gary. Gwizdowski. Gwizdowski. Yeah, yeah. Toby's one of the Gwizdowskis who are, uh, they're all legendary at the pun off as well. But you actually ended up winning. Yeah, I, I don't know how. Like, I saw, I saw him do punniest of show. You know, we get, we get to pun slingers. I'm up there. I have no idea, like, whatever is going through my head, I actually like blanked out for about 90% of it. I don't remember most sure. of the puns until I got to the end where I was like A grams, B grams, C grams. That was the, that's the only one that I remember. What was your topic? Uh, Non-alcoholic beverages. So uh, I got through round one. And did you uh, get through round two? Oh, I got my ass handed to me. So mm -hmm. the topic was blades. And I had no, like I go up there and I, the only thing that I knew when it came to blades were razors, helicopters, and vampires. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So I was one of the MC slash judges of that particular round. Mm -hmm. And when it came up, my very first thought was, why am I up here? This should be Brian Oakley's because that's his, he's even said in this podcast, it's like his favorite category, blades, mm -hmm. right? So we're going through that. And the very first thing I thought of was the Wesley Snipes blade, right? Right. Now, the way we do the, the emceeing judging is we'll have one primary judge, and then the secondary one is there for, you know, whatever, corroboration or something like that. And so the person who's the judge there, Steve, before I had a chance to say anything, just, just shot that down immediately, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. He wasn't wrong because, you know, sort of a spirit of the law kind of thing. Right. You, know, you know, obviously, blades, as in sharp cutting objects, is, you know, what I was going for. I probably would have taken it if, if it had been my call, but I didn't disagree in a manner that I was gonna, you know, that it was worth it was worth fighting for. Yeah. So, but it was a hard category too. It was hard, and I talked to Jerry afterwards because I, well, I went to him afterwards and first to say congratulations, and then once we were off stage, to say like you beat me, and that means that now I'm rooting for you. And I, I don't hold grudges unless the person's like really mean. And he was a nice guy, and he says I, I asked him like, how are you so good? He says, well, I knew that my encyclopedic knowledge of video games would come in handy one day. <laughs> I've gone up against Jerry. Jerry is a tough, tough competitor. I think back in 2004, 
15, I think he and I went about 45 minutes on currency. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And well. we, we went to cryptocurrency and everything. It was just it, it was insane. Oh, that's crazy. So, Annika, um, go ahead and tell us about your experience yesterday. So I, one of the greatest things about uh, the pun off is that, so my very first year, um, like the registration queen, Julia Belinsky, mm. noticed that I was from Spokane, Washington, and that that's her hometown. And so uh, she was very welcoming. She and Andy, they're both very welcoming that yeah, first like four year. Or five years ago, yeah. Right. And yeah, and they introduced me to you, and then um, I helped them at registration. And I, that's one of my favorite things. I mean, I'm still like internally in a panic and like running my routine in my head when I can, but I love getting to see everyone as they're checking in. And, you know, that first year putting, putting names to faces, although I had been watching a lot of pun off videos before mm-hmm. I arrived. So, so you, you actually are, are kind of hitting upon uh, another thing about how kind everybody is. You know, I mean, people take it seriously, but it's not, you know, and, right. and, and that goes for the audience too, that there were at least two times yesterday during, especially during um, the punniest of show, wherein moments into it the person choked they couldn't you know they had a memorized bit and they're in front of of a thousand people and they just they couldn't do it and the audience was so nice you know they were cheering you got this you got this uh yeah so anyway so yeah yeah the the there are a lot of really good people there and of course julie and andy are some of the best people and so i mean and so that that is one of my favorite parts i mean when i got off stage either from punniest or pun slingers these two people these two guys approached me and they said oh my gosh we're from spokane we just randomly found out that this thing was happening and so we walked into the hotel and we were going to leave and then we heard someone say spokane washington so now of course they've liked and followed the punderground on facebook and instagram and already left a review and all of that it's pretty amazing but yeah i don't know what i don't know what it is the the intriguing thing is of course that that we are overwhelmingly not texan there are actually more people from new york than from from texas which is kind of world champion well we actually had a winner who was from australia about 10 12 years ago we had a, a guy from australia came in first time one time only and I think it was five, maybe four years ago, the fellow came in from England. Yeah, Darren yeah. Walsh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. He, yeah. He, did, he did well, but he didn't. But he was the pun champion of Great Britain. They have a, some he's kind of a... On, uh, he's gone on to have a, yeah. a wonderful career over there as a comic. Yeah. 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 You've been coming for almost 10 years as a contestant. Yeah. Uh, and this is the first year that you were, for lack of a better term, staff. Right. <laughs> um, uh, did you have a, an unusually... Being staff different... is infectious by the same time. <laughs> did you have an unusually different experience? Or you can cure that with penicillin, you know. <laughs> as far as being on the MC crew and differences this year, I there was there was two things that really hit me in my heart this year. First of all, and th- th- this is over the over the years something I've noticed, but for some reason more so this year than any others is that since I when I first started coming in, in two thousand nine, we had Gracie Deegan, mm-hmm. Alexandra Petri. And um, Diana uh, Gruber. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it for the ladies that we had at mm-hmm. the pun off. Mm-hmm. Just the amount of more ladies coming into pun is just it's it's you know it's gone from dad jokes to everyone jokes. <laughs> you know, and I think it's and I think it's wonderful. It's, I mean, 
Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm real, thank, thank you for bringing that up because uh, ladies were really represented. Oh, and they were wonderful. In fact, who won uh, Punslingers this year? Allison Fisher. Allison yeah. Fisher. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that touched me really was, was um, Erica Eden. She got up on stage. She was one of the first five, I think, up on there. You have the list somewhere. And she did her punniest of show routine, and she got one of the first big scores of the day mm-hmm. on her uh, thing of meat, if memory serves. And I was on stage hosting at that time, and I saw the tears well up in her eyes at mm. such happy tears with that. And the, the it's exactly how I felt uh, in 2015 when uh, I got a I got a, a 40 on my routine, and and it was just it, it's that just seeing that in her mm-hmm. eyes mm-hmm. made me feel it again as well. Mm-hmm. And then one one particular pun in Punslingers during the um, and I think. I think it was Robin Roper, if memory serves, who did this pun. In the subject of punctuation and grammar, she actually said, nothing I could say, total ellipse of the heart. <laughs> I remember and that. I love that pun. That was like my favorite pun of the day. Does anybody have anything else they want to add about their experience yesterday? Well, just uh, if we're talking process. So when I first got into Punniest in 2017, so I um, most of the time I have worked as a community organizer. And I think like a week and a half before the pun off, the House had just voted to repeal the ACA. I, I really wanted to to talk about that in my routine. Um, and then, you know, I had all of these ideas of, okay, well, like the pun cues need to be something that everyone experiences because I remember how the Game of Thrones routine that somebody did um, was really good, but like no one, no one. Was the judges from, weren't right. really. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, clothing. Everyone wears clothes, and so I did the like a, like a letter to Congress, punning on clothes, and that's what got me third. And then I felt the following year. You know, like, I, I want to say something else, but I wasn't sure. And then just a couple puns clicked in and sort of flowed out for the Me Too routine. And then I was also like, oh, and perfect. You hear the bell, like the warning bell. And then having, like, closing it with hashtag times up, it seemed, okay. Like, I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And so then this year, yeah, I was struggling in that lane that I've now put myself that I love. And that's what I love about punning is being able to to pun for good, Um just figuring, you know, like, what do I need to say? So climate change, white nationalism, and immigration. Here we go. Very light topics. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah let, let's go ahead and hear what you would have done. All right. Adam. I will say no, it gets bit. No timer. Okay. It was timed at one minute and 53 seconds last time I ran it. Ooh, so. boy. All right. Yeah, yeah. In science, there is order. In politics, there is chaos. Washington State, where I currently live, has an interesting chemistry between science and policy. Olympia periodically tables bills that shouldn't even leave their committee family. For example, hydro generators on the Columbia River are meant to helium the environment, not herdium. No L.I. The bills are still shot down, and yet there's barely yum science-minded individual in the statehouse. Both the environmentalist borons and the industry-owned patriarchal carboneheads, who, by the way, can never forget their night Rogaine, oxygenerally bring to the fluorine bills that NE1 can see are sodium that, oh, MG, they are the ones that AL my home state. What a silly con they have pulled. They put up a fuss for us, all while the river sulfurs. It's time to chlorine house. In 2020, they all are gone. Let's replace these political dinosaurs with experts, people who think biologically. Now, science teachers such as myself don't mind things like a higher tax on me. We domainly draw our kingdomly salaries from taxes, after you file them. 
We have class too. I serve hors d'oeuvres at my family gather- gatherings like any other stable genus. Despite my species claim to higher office, when it comes to logical operators like myself, a pair in the cis against these bought and sold ex-opponents will lead to everything from multiply toilet paper to divide intervention. Vote Adam Engel for the state house in 2020. Take the subtract to the polls next year and make your voice count. And that's an order. Excellent. <laughs> and the judges' scores are... 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. You win. 10, 10, 10. <laughs> Best presentation so far today. <laughs> all right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. But when we come back, we're all going to get pun drunk. And we are back. We're going to play pun slingers this time. Uh, we're going to play with house rules, meaning that we're just going to go around the table one by one. We don't have a time limit. If you repeat a cue, it is perfectly okay. In fact, I encourage it because I don't want you to hold back from a really good pun. Wait, so, wait is that pun about repeat a cue, Bach? <laughs> don't repeat the cue, Bach again. That joke was shickly. All right. The topic is booze. Oh, I haven't a ghost of a chance in this one. No, not. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I would like to shift that up. Titles. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Alcohol. The topic is alcohol. (laughs) We should approach this very gingerly. I'm not going to throw away my shot while I'm on this show. (laughs) Oh, but it's good for what ails you. Alcohol. That's that's such a whiskey topic. (laughs) <laughs> it's best to hear bluegrass music when you have a Steve Martini. <laughs> we'll run with it. You know, all my friends, whenever they want a pun, they just say, alcohol halic. Ooh, schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me a triple sec? <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday I had to stall a lot, so I tried to kill a lot of time. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Wait, wait, you say you had to stole a lot? <laughs> I am surprised I'd ever say I, I feel cold in Texas. Bourbon. <laughs> My friend was taking a scooter back to our Airbnb, and he wiped out on the way. So on his way home, bruise he got on his face. <clears throat> you know, the, the staff at the museum helps out a lot at the pun off, and they have a big staff in the spring. It's bigger than the fall staff. Well, some people may get depressed when they leave Texas, but you remain sadder, but wiser. <laughs> so I normally fly fish, but sometimes I'll spirit instead. <laughs> Do you fly fish on a boat? Because I like to go sailing, and uh, sometimes I use a rudder, but last time I used a distiller. Hmm. Uh, do you have proof of that? <laughs> I don't like to get involved in elections because my politics are not so good. Uh, I find that really flowery fonts are super annoying. I prefer bear L's and other letters, too. I don't like to wear tight-fitting jeans because I have highballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gary Halleck, everybody. <laughs> yeah, because if you do that, something could go awry. <laughs> Yeah, I think Gary's going to tanker. Hey. <laughs> My buddy Thomas is a great punter, and I think that uh, being on this show should be Tom's calling. 
Hmm. Well, speaking of friends who, who pun, I've, I've got a friend named Daniel, and sometimes I hijack Daniel's puns. <laughs> well, I like to go to sleep with a nice toddy bear. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for beaming a light on that. Well, my favorite iced tea is schnapple. When the beekeeper used to make alcoholic wine out of his uh, leftover honey, it killed him, and now he went to meet his maker. <laughs> uh, I like iced tea as well, especially when it's made on Cheney's land. You know that long guy's Iceland iced tea? I thought you were talking about Dick Cheney, and I was really having a hard time <laughs> yeah. putting that together. I don't know a ton about country music, and I have kind of high opinions of some, and then, I don't know, Merle Lowe. <laughs> I just remembered the one that I wanted to do before. There's some kosher for Passover liquors, so that are better than others. There are two things assured as long as I as long as I am breathing: uh, live and schwitz. I'm looking for a pun. You know what they say: Seagram, she, you shall find. <laughs> yes, but absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> Doing this competition is evocative of yesterday's competition. <laughs> When is this all going to schnapps? <laughs> when I feel like it. I went out with this, uh, with this nice young lady from Minnesota. She was a great St. Pauli girl. Yeah, so my friend who's a rancher works really hard to have, like, prize cows. So it's like moonshine and sell them. <laughs> There's a ter- certain kind of pitch in baseball that's banned, the Schlitz ball. Fighting the war on terror. A lot of people will die in ISIS. <laughs> Um, so when, when I'm ill, I tend to wear, wear the drugs I'm taking. I call it my mold fashioned <laughs> penicillin. Talking about people who are dying at war. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, I always try to avoid rice and wine. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I don't like to drink carbonated uh, alcohol because it leaves me bourbon. <laughs> you know, most calendars have four or five rows of of uh, dates. Mine only has two. They have to cram a month in. My my neighbors that were were vampires were wishing. You know, um, was one like, of them named Blade? No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Uh, and they always would wish us a bloody Merry Christmas. <laughs> the Federalist Papers, uh, they found a, that a bunch of them were actually forgeries. They were written by a champagne. Nice. So we're going to wrap that up. But before we do, uh, we had somebody sneak in. Uh, I'm, we're, we're actually talking about you, Alex, now. Uh, the, since you snuck in, I, I thought you might give me an opportunity if you had uh, something you just desperate to say about booze. Oh. If you're not, that's okay. I just... I mean... I'll wait for another round. Okay, great. <laughs> You're buying. No, for Pete Saki. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will be walking with a slow gait. And we are back. Before we wrap things up, I want to give everybody an opportunity to plug something with which they are involved. Uh, Adam Engel. All right. Um, so I had a podcast last year called The Pun Is My Dear with my buddy Michael, and I'm restarting a podcast. Uh, it's gonna be, It's called Witlash, W-I-T-L-A-S-H. It's the 
podcast of wordplay and witticisms. One day I'll start posting it, so you should look for it on Facebook. <laughs> Good. And uh, I assume in your podcast app you can type W-I-T-L-A-S-H. Correct. Got it. And Ben Zeke. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm a part of a company that we're doing the 2019 25-hour game show throwdown. Our company does uh, game show recreations. Uh, we're going to be doing this from Glendale, California uh, at the Hyatt Hotel, but we're also going to be uh, casting it live, I believe, on Twitch uh, is what we did last year. Uh, and it's uh, you can watch some people come by, play some of your favorite classic game shows. We're, we're doing it 25, 25 hours straight. Um, this is like the fifth year we've been doing it, and uh, we raise money for charity, uh, Children's Miracle Network, uh, hospitals all across the country. Mm. Each host is dedicated to a certain hospital. I, from my beginnings in South Jersey, am dedicated to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Mm. So uh, can't just you know, have a lot of fun watching. Uh, if you're in the L.A. area or Glendale, come by to the Hyatt place and participate. Have fun playing. Uh, and, and what's that date again? The date is July 27th. 19, We're starting 2019. at 2019. July 27th, starting at noon Pacific time. Uh, I'm going for 25 hours straight. We have some of your classic favorites. If you like pressure luck, that's what we're going to be ending with, if memory serves. Win Ben Zeke's punny. (laughs) (laughs) And Annika Eagle. Yeah, so I run the Punderground, which is Spokane's uh, preeminent punning competition. It's also its only punning competition. <laughs> and I started it in 2016, and it's you know basically the same as Punslingers here, and I just really wanted to raise the caliber of punters and the punning community uh, in the Inland Northwest. And so then how often does that meet? It meets once a month, and it's typically the fourth Thursday of the month, and it's at alternating venues, so the downtown Spokane Public Library and then Boots Bakery and Lounge. Cool. In Spokane. And then I'm also plugging Lilac City Live, which is Spokane's um, late night comedy show. And anytime that there are puns, you can accredit them to me unless they're terrible and then (laughs) don't. Um, But so coming up very soon, I'm going to be playing a couch that's being interviewed that's like been in the business a while. And it's all it's all couch puns. And it's incredible. So. As opposed to puns that are couched in other things. <laughs> so, Gary, uh, ostensibly today's the day you get to relax for three, four weeks in a row or something like that. But did you have anything you wanted to mention uh, other I, than your granddaughter? My little granddaughter Sonia turned one year old last week. Uh, no, I have another apartment for rent. That's my usual Is that true? Okay. plug. I have apartments for rent all the time. Call me. Excellent. All right. And I, I'm going to plug this podcast at punintensive.com. You can uh, find out more about the pun off at punoff.com. If you look in the show notes, you will see a link to our email address. You can go to almost any sort of social media slash punintensive. Uh, our music comes from Dark Meat. And uh, we also want to thank Austin Public Library, where we are recording today. Please, please rate us an iTunes. Uh, we could really use the boost in visibility, and we also have a patron campaign. Uh, again, look in the show notes and tap on the link. Uh, you could really help us make the show better. Uh, we need uh, new and better recording equipment, and we have some surprises up our sleeves. So, since almost everybody here is going to be flying out of town very soon, I figured you guys have probably done quite a bit of research on commercial airline travel, and we know that our audience wants to know more about that as well. I'm going to start off with uh, a piece of sage advice. Uh, While waiting in line to have your bags checked for bottles of shampoo, do what Earl Grey did and write a TSA. And Adam Engel. 
If your flight is nine hours or fewer, walk around for exercise. If your flight is 10, dance. Okay. And Ben Zeke? I would say uh, airports, it's very easy to get lost in some of them. So if you're ever lost at the airport and you see an airplane coming towards you, runway. Runway fast. (laughs) (laughs) Annika Eagle? So, you know, you're flying and people will say, oh, if you want to have extra leg room, it's this fee. Or, oh, you want to check a bag, it's this fee. So beware the buck coal. (laughs) (laughs) And Gary Halleck. Well, I want to add to what Adam said about uh, getting up and walking around because uh, if you're, especially if you're flying with your sister and she's a trombonist, you don't want to have deep vein trombone cysts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, would, I would like to warn people, uh, like on a long flight, you know, they let you watch TV shows and movies and stuff like that and things that you don't want to watch while you're on the airplane, of course, is things like airplane uh, or not landing. okay and i am aaron fazel your host i'm signing off with the catchphrase we'll see you next week